Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of ENS Wolves Podcast. It's episode 244. That's 244. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. And my word, it may be international break, but we have got a packed show for you. Come in, Kino Princess. How's it going? <laughs> well, apart from the stress over, uh, let's say, technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's been a busy week. It has been a busy week, mate. Uh, your levels are a little bit off, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, we should be able to manage with the podcast. Just don't go sit back and forth. We're um, we've had a bit of a microphone disaster this morning, haven't we? We have, but um, I'm hoping that might sound a bit better for you now. That sounds better than what it was before. Okay, you know. perfect. Okay, um, yeah. Well, you know, technology. What can you say? It's what been. Can you say, mate? What can <laughs> Sometimes you say it lets you down. Oh, you all good though? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Got um, got back off a little little, little vacay, mate. Uh, so uh, flew in, flew in from, got back in from Birmingham yesterday. Had a few days in Dubai, which is very nice, as, as you do. You know the. The players go for international breaks, so why can't the journalists? Too right. I mean, what, what was it like in Dubai? I've always wondered about going there, but never. I don't know. You um, get put, put off by what some people say. Look, I mean, I mean, you take it for what it is. I mean, look, you're not going for natural beauty, and, and you know, from what I say, like an an amazing um, nature or, or beautiful, you know natural beaches i mean you're going for what it is which is it's very man-made it's um the hotels are beautiful the prices are great to stay there uh the shopping's great and just a bit of a chill really you know lovely restaurants but you're not going for um you know you're not you're not going for a historical tour of a, of a beautiful area so to speak so you know you, you go for what what it is really and look it's it, they fly direct from birmingham it's six hours to get there so it's not it's not terrible it's not like you're going across to america or you're going across far east but i like i like it i like it for a little you know obviously you're always going to get the weather there so you can't go wrong i know it's it was nice but you're going you know around here but you can't go wrong stepping out for 27 28 degrees heat every single day so from that point of view i don't mind you know you want to get get out have a little bit of a massage go into the beach have a little bit of breakfast have a brunch and then go to dinner on the night happy days you say it was all right for price is it actually like a bit cheap i assumed it would just be proper expensive well i took my mum being a good son that i am there's me the missus and my mum um so i got always 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 look after your mum's peeps always got to look after them so um so we got her it for christmas and you like this mate this this is a respect level point uh, thing going on here so um i um looked at the prices birmingham to to dubai direct so got to have her you know comfortable and Emirates it's like very very economy or it's business class and I thought well let's save a bit of money this time so got my mum business class seat Minalana in economy I'm shocked I know mate I know I was shocked as well you were down not, there with the peasants I was I was down there in the in the middle to back row mate with uh with a few people that I care not to mention a lot of a lot of children a lot of um, ignorant people, and that was just me. Uh, but but I managed to do it. You'd be proud of me. There and back, and uh, it was all right. You know, it was all right. I haven't I haven't turned right boarding a plane for quite a long time. Wow. Uh, so so it was. You know, uh, Mr. Judah. I uh, know you have to go this way. So I did have a couple of temper tantrums. I must admit. But overall, traveling economy not as bad. Not as bad as I thought. Um, it was about cost wise, mate. So you're looking at for for. I think this is pretty good for a direct economy flight to Dubai and back. You're looking at maybe 
395 quid. That's not bad. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. Um, you go a little bit back from the mic, mate, because I can hear you breathing now, which uh, no one wants to hear you deep breathing. In fact, that, that was, in fact that was the laptop. Okay, okay, that was the laptop. The laptop, the laptop just made a little whirring noise. Oh, I, I wish dear. it was me, but no. Um, so yeah, it was good. Um, and the hotels there—if you stay—if you stay on the beach, it's really, really expensive, you know, like all the man-made beach. Kind of like in the Jumeirah. I mean, you probably will have heard of like the Burj Al Arab, which is like the only six or seven-star hotel in the world, etc. But if you go in, if you go downtown where all the malls are and stuff, and in the marina, you can get a lovely hotel, five-star, for about hundred quid a night, hundred twenty quid a night. Not bad. It's not bad at all. Not bad at all. So I got to spend some of my Cheltenham winnings as well. Uh, which was a lovely oh, day out. Wow. So yeah, Ray just, can't just go wrong with a sixty-six to one winner. Crikey! How, how have you plucked that one out? Well, I can't take I can't take one hundred percent credit. Basically, we stay in, so we we go to like um, a a lovely restaurant called Sheru, which is like almost like um, Cheltenham. Uh, for people who haven't been to Cheltenham, beautiful course, stunning course. Um, and they have because obviously Cheltenham Week's huge, a bit like Royal Ascot Week. They have marquees and they have they have huge marquees, like three, four, five tiers deep and uh, and high. And they have a couple of nice restaurants with a viewing balcony. So we always try and splurge. That's our splurge for the year of going to see that. And in with this lovely um, package, which is um, Michelle Rue cooks the cooks the food as well. So people have heard of him from MasterChef and stuff like that, which is great. Included in that, all your wine, all your drink, you know, your own private balcony to, to watch the watch the racing. Which, by the way, we picked the one day where it absolutely pushed it down. So it was a good thing we had some kind of a um, you know some kind of a roof over our heads because I wouldn't fancy being on the track for that. They have like a tipster coming in. Um, and it's not just like a regular tipster. It's literally one of the top jockeys uh, who gives kind of his rundown. And because the weather was so bad that day, they're going through a few. And people, some people are listening, some people are eating, some people are chatting. I always try and walk up quite close to them and just write a few notes down. And in this, ra- this particular race, he said, he said, this horse is, is a massive outsider if the ground was good. But because the ground is soft, don't rule him out completely. So I'm like, okay, I'll put a little question mark next to it. And then uh, the race came, and it was constant rain, constant rain throughout the day. This was about three hours before when he gave the tip. And I'm like, mm. I'm at the tote bookmakers. I'm like, oh, do I put it on? I'm like, oh, no, I won't put it on. Then last minute, I'm like, no, I'll put it on. I'll put it on my Bet365 account, Commander of Fleet, and it won by probably a neck 66 to 1. I could not believe it. Were you, were you jumping for joy? Oh, mate, I was all over the place. And the best thing is, my mum, who took a friend as well, she, won, she, she had it as well, and she didn't even realise she had it. Blimey. So, well, that was you know, good. you might have been winning big books at Cheltenham. Mm. I went to the UFC at the weekend and won nine. I saw, pounds. mate. I saw. I saw your picture. Um, obviously, that was from the helicopter you got in there, yeah? Yeah, very good. I was waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> did did you actually little, see them? Did I you actually see six, them? Mate, you know, you know what it's like when you take pictures on iPhone? It, yeah. It, it's not as close as I thought as you were playing you Pac-Man, to no, be honest. Mate, the, the view was class. <laughs> what was... Uh, I mean, you were very pleased that the Leeds game got moved to the Friday night. Was it? Was it a lot of uh, a lot of blood, a lot of gore, and uh, a few knockouts, pal? Mate, there was like nine finishes or something. Seven first round finishes. Wow. Spinning elbow knockouts, right hooks to the dome, submissions. Right everything. hooks. Well, one second. Right hooks to the dome. Yeah, that means. Is that, is that what, is that what the cool kids say these days? No, that's, assume, no, that's I, just what I say, mate. I assume that means a uh, punch to the head. Does it? 
right it, hooks it, to the dome. It, 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 My it, do, it does mean that. I, you know, I was mixing it up a little bit within the sentence because I'd already said head already, so I thought I'll change it up. Dome, you know, it's a nice little word. <laughs> oh my um, god, mate, it was unbelievable. A lot of beer. I won a little six-fold acre, ninety quid. That would do me. Oh, mate, happy days. I love that. Did you um? Were you what? What was the uh, what was the beer of choice? And was it as expensive as you uh, as you anticipated? Yes, um, oh, no. it was Budweiser. Oh. Which uh, you could you can have worse. You can definitely have worse. I don't yeah. mind a Bud Light. I'm not sure about a Budweiser. Bud Light's basically like water, to be yeah, fair. No, so it's, it's almost you're almost hydrating yourself. But Bud Light's crap. Um, so it was yeah, it was um, it was yeah, it wasn't the worst brand, but it wasn't the best. But it was the price I expected. It was seven pound fifty a pint in the O2. Oh, expensive. Oh, and uh, how many how many did you drink on the actual evening? Um, well. We didn't get to the O2 until about five-ish. Yeah, you don't want to see all the early, early bouts, do you? Yeah, we only got a bit of food first as well. I, I started drinking about half eleven. PM? AM. Oh, In a my. pub in where my, uh, my where my friends live in, near Elephant and Castle, around that around South London. Right. We went to, we went to, we went to a little, uh, <laughs> a little grotty little pub that my... Um, my, um, one of the mates was a, a Coventry fan, so we only watched the Coventry uh, derby game in this pub. Right. Yeah, half eleven was the was the time. Oh, okay, you know, how many how many deep were you by the end of the night? Do you reckon? I, I don't know, but I was boogieing until about three four in the morning. Three four in the morning boogieing. Yeah, mate, I was I was in Leicester Square in some in some club dancing. It was yeah. Had a good oh time, no, mate. I mean, oh mate, I mean that is literally. Oh, worse. That's the most touristy spot to ever go clubbing. And then they attract people like you, don't they? Well, to be fair, I was just following where... Uh, I was just following where... Well, this is funny, actually. We, um, A couple of the lads that we, we were with that live in London, they, mm. their girlfriends were out as well. They didn't come to the UFC with us, but they were out mm. afterwards. And mm. they were like, oh, we'll go meet them. So we went out into... <laughs> into Please tell me they were cracking on with a couple of other guys. No, that would, that would have been even funnier. Oh. Um, they happened to be in a club called Heaven. Which right. uh, you might be able to guess is a gay club. And <laughs> it's they were in like, Soho, oh, is it? And they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I think it was near Leicester Square, actually. I think, oh, okay. if, I'm, if I'm right, I'm not. I, to be honest, my geography of London is not great. But yeah, I can really um, tell. And and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to meet." And we got there, and I mean, the queue was, you know, it had to be two hundred yards long. Mm. People you waiting over an hour to get in, and I was like, "Well, I'm not sure I'm really going to fit in anyway." No, uh, I think you're fitting pretty well, Keno. To be fair, <laughs> um, but uh, so we ended up we ended up leaving and going out to this to this other gaff. But you could just imagine, had I gone in there, the the, the stories. I'd, I'd oh, mate! Would be, yeah, unbelievable. Oh, mate! There's some there's, there's some cracking clubs around Soho, mate. I, I was going there. awesome, great nights. Honestly, honestly, absolutely love them. Right, should we move on? Let's do it. Apologies to everybody who's uh, haven't fast forwarded for the last eleven minutes of this show, but it's international break, so you know we can we can go on a little bit. We, we haven't really got a time constraint today, um, but we have got. I've, I should I should have said this at the start of the broadcast. Um, we've got some big news. We've got some pretty big news, Keno. I think coming up, some pretty big news exclusive to the podcast. You're going to unveil in a little bit. Certainly. Let's, let's get uh, let's get this out of the way first, then. What? And I'm not going to spend too much too too long on it because uh, it just it still hurts. Uh, Wolves 2 leads 3 seems like a long time ago now goodness me a true story I watched the um, I watched the first half from bed uh, Dubai is like 5 hours ahead 4 hours ahead so 8, eight o'clock kickoff so midnight kickoff watched the first half 45 minutes 2-0 up swear down went to bed 
Didn't know the score until the next morning. Could not believe it. So, Kino, what, what happened? Because, I'll be honest, I was as stunned, I think, when I saw the result as when I saw what happened in the first half with, incredibly, in the good, the bad and the ugly, the start of the good is Francisco Trincao? Oh, no. Where did that come from? Well, I saw you tweet in the morning and I'm like, oh, incredible scenes. Absolutely incredible scenes. But, um, look, he was, um, well, not starting the game, uh, which... Can, can, f- formation-wise, were you surprised at the formation to start in the f- in the first place or not? Yeah, definitely. I, mean, it, we, I was surprised. We knew that Huang was fit, but I assumed he would be on the bench. Yeah. So I assumed Trincao would start with Pedence and and Raul, to be honest. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I was surprised to see three midfield definitely. And it was kind of worked out. Well, it didn't work out properly, but obviously, you know, we'll talk about. Uh, Nevers in a little bit, but when the injury happened and then and then Trincao came on, it was almost like Wolves looked better from a from an attacking point of view for certain. Definitely, he was the 25th minute he came on. Uh, within a minute or two, set up Johnny's goal, I mean, albeit you know a brilliant pass from Moutinho to to put Trincao in, but he did more than he has done to be honest in eight months. Um, mm. In, in that, what, 20, 25 minutes or so that he well, was... Well, his confidence um, was up, wasn't it? And I think yeah. the assist helped him, obviously. You know, I mean, it, was a, it was a nice little pass. And then you could see you could see the confidence. And maybe that's what he needed, the confidence going to him. He was taking shots. I mean, that shot that hit the, the post was, was fantastic. And then he took his goal very, very well. You know, went through a few Leeds defenders. I mean, the question, questionable Leeds defending. But you could see that he was enjoying it. And the you could see the relief on him and the, and the players coming up to him. Um it was it was a promising display. Now, look, I haven't been Francisco Trincao's biggest fan. I think that'll come to a shock to a lot of people uh, this season. However, what I would say is he's got a lifeline here now. And I think it's nothing more than a lifeline. He's got to now, he's now got, with the Neves injury, probably more opportunities now than he probably was staring at in the 10th in the minute of that game, Liam you'd say, because I think opportunities are going to be limited. And, and maybe now, uh, look, we're not seeing Pedro Neto and, and and obviously, you know, he's probably back in that mix now and starting mix after that performance. And you could say that probably for the Aston Villa game, I'd be stunned if he's not playing. He's now got a chance to show what he can do. 45 minutes isn't enough for me. You know, he's got to show this over the next four or five, six games. And even then, I would question why it's taken 30 games for, for us to see this kind of a glimpse. I mean... Look, Jesus Vallejo had a good forty-five minutes for Wolves. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, it was from uh, from Birmingham Airport to back to Ra- back to uh, back to Real Madrid. Uh, you know, so it was. Um, he's got to be better. William Jose had a good forty-five minutes, but he was playing himself in sensible soccer. You've had a good forty-five minutes writing, Kino, but it was it was two months ago, and doesn't mean you're Henry Winter. He's got to prove it wow. now. He's got to, he's got to prove it. Uh, between now and the end of the season, I think for for a deal to take place and we talk about and there's lots of more rumours about about Triori. I, th- I always I always laugh. I think now where they're like, oh, Barcelona haven't got the money to spend on Triori, no chance. And then they're talking about signing Rafinha for thirty or forty million. Basically, basically Barcelona have got have got money to spend on everybody else apart from Wolves, who they want to do a deal with for free or, or a swap deal. It just it makes me um, it makes me laugh a little bit. Look, there's money there and. If you if you if you said now, oh well, let's get Trincao in a swap deal for for Adama Traore, I still would be. I still don't think he's shown anywhere near enough. He's got to show it now between now and the end of the season. Do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think the both statements they're not mutually exclusive. You know, you can say that 
he deserves credit for what was a, a very good performance. And to be fair, it probably wasn't even 45. You know, he, it was probably mm. half an hour in that first half with the added time. I thought he did okay in the second half, but yeah, with, with limited yeah, opportunities. Yeah, but there's nothing special, um, yeah. But then equally, you can say that he's done nowhere near enough in 30 games. Um, mm. They're both true. And, and you're totally right. He needs... There's eight games left and you need to see a better performance than not in the vast majority of them for him to have be any, anywhere close, for, for my money, for Wolves to, to bring him in permanently. Um, but he's got it in his locker. I think most people have said this all the way through the season. We just have to question why it's taken so long. And it's, a, it's an interesting point as well. The You see when the Johnny goal went in, obviously that Trinkau set up, Connor Cody ran straight to Trinkau. Mm. Mm. When the goal, uh, when he scored his goal rather, the, the players mobbed him. So I don't think it's been easy for him, certainly. Yeah. But you have to be able to show more. And he showed in a, a glimpse, a cameo, if you will, yeah. that, that he, he's obviously a talented player. You just need to see more of it. And if, and if he can do that, he can make the difference for Wolves in the, in, in the back end of the, of the season. And he might make get a permanent move. But um, if he hasn't done it for 30 games and does it for 45 minutes, I wouldn't hold my breath yet. I, want, I need to see more first. So who was to blame, Kino, from this uh, this capitulation? Was it Kevin Friend? Was it Raul Jimenez? Was it the Wolves defending? I, I'll, I've got the answer, by the way. I've, I've got the answer. I've well. got the answer. It's none of the above. It is the one and only... Johnny Drury <laughs> coming to Wolverhampton Wanderers again. He is like death, that man. He is to everything he touches turns to absolute rot. What's going on? Well, it was only we've talked second... about his record over these last podcasts, but I mean, it's quite incredible. It's it's yeah, it's awful. He's only his second Wolves game. Uh, he yeah. played for you the the one they lost at home to uh, Arsenal to Arsenal it? as well, didn't he? So um, and, and guess who's coming? On April second, at home oh, to Villa, he is. And uh, this is this is partly. I've got to. I've got to say this is partly my fault. Now, whether this counts or not, so so I am at the Villa game, uh, thankfully doing the Wolves coverage. But he is attending as well, doing the Aston Villa part of that game with with Mr. Matt Mayer. So, does it count if 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 things don't go according to plan because he's just his presence is there? I think it does, doesn't it? I, I think it has to. I, I know he's not covering Wolves. So to speak, but he's in the stadium. Day, he's there. He's watching on. We're going to hear his dulcet tones before, after, during the game. It's going to be. It's going. To, it's, I'm, I'm worried. Really <laughs> I'm worried, mate. I'm worried. And look, they're going to have to do it without Raúl Jiménez. Now, um, this is this is, and I, I again touch where I swear down. This is what I thought of of what happened, and this is me turning off at half time. Remember, um, in my multi king size bed overlooking the beach in the water and. Uh, you know, in Dubai, it was devastating five days away. Um, <laughs> what it, I said to myself watching that first ha- first 45 minutes, you when he missed that great chance where he, he basically just had to lob it over the keeper, Messi could come, come out, and he, he just it was a turn and shot, and it went skewed wide. And it was one of those where he should really hit the target, it's the target he scores, doesn't he? And it was, it was a pretty poor attempt. Do you remember that? Do you remember oh, that oh, shot? Sorry, I, I I thought it was a rhetorical question. I certainly do remember it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No. But no. then nicked the ball off. Um, yes. Strike, didn't he? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a couple of, of moments earlier on, and then he got the booking, and I'm like, it's one of those where you can see him just getting frustrated, and I could see it. I could see him like when he got booked. I'm like, Jimenez is going to get sent off here. I tell you, Raul's going to get sent off. It it just looked like almost you know he has those 
those moments where the cameras are on and he obviously knows it's a TV game and, and I feel like he looked frustrated and things weren't going his way. And I know the actual yellow, second yellow card is an absolute joke. It's an absolute disgrace. But I just got that impression that he was getting angst. He was getting frustrated in himself. He was getting frustrated at the situation. And look, lo and behold, he got sent off. And um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a booking However, Liam, and I've got to say this, and people might, I don't think a lot of people have maybe brought this up and maybe maybe I'm completely wrong because I haven't seen it and you've seen it probably over and over again. I think he's a, a, a slightly lucky he didn't get sent off for the first challenge because that's not a good tackle. And I've seen them giving us yellows, but I've seen them giving us reds. And when I looked at the replay, it didn't look great. And Jimenez has gone down under that tackle and I think with you know when some sometimes you know you've made a bad challenge and you and you go down and you're a bit more theatrical than you should be, being the aggressor in the challenge, and then when he comes back up and he pops back up and he kind of looks up and he's got the yellow and then he looks there's a bit of relief there I think for him. And I'm not saying that it is a definite red, but it was I definitely have seen worse tackles being awarded a red card. Yeah, I can't really disagree to be honest. Um... I mean, were people saying that afterwards? I don't. I honestly I don't, I don't know if I've seen a lot of the reaction, but it I'd wasn't a great. A it wasn't str- a clever challenge yellow. the first one. Yeah, I'd say it's probably a strong, a strong yellow. But I can see the the argument definitely, and, and Leeds fans will point to that and uh, and other moments in the game and say, well, you know, it's probably come back around uh, for them, and, and and you know, it's evened out. But I think you, you just look at this the situation in which he did get sent off. And, oh, and it's I just joke. For Wolves fans, you have to be aggrieved by it. Simple as that, and. Um, I was very strong on Kevin Friend after the game it, mm. with my comments, and I think rightly so as well. Um, however, a bit of a caveat to it that the rules with VAR in not being able to check a yellow card, despite the fact it's a, a second yellow card, mm. um, doesn't help him either. Because I, I would say surely, if VAR looks at that and there's officials in Stockley Park looking at that, they have to change that decision. Yeah. So he's not been helped there by the idiotic rules, frankly. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not just Wolves. It's, it's, it's across the board. Um, too many refereeing mistakes impact games and cost teams dearly. It's happened to Wolves a few times this season. It's happened to plenty of other teams. And it was just another example, really, of a, of a referee who's probably not quite good enough, really. It's, it's so frustrating because... You know, with that red card, and he's been sent off in the Man City in the most ridiculous of circumstances. He's paying the full, full, full price now by missing the next two games and massive games in what they are, especially with the result. You know, you've got with with um, with Villa, huge derby to come, and then Newcastle away. Two games where you think, okay, let's get back on the horse here. These are two winnable games, but you're gonna have to do that without your main striker, and. He's got to take some responsibility, Liam, from the Man City game and, and I guess a little bit of this game with the first booking. You know, it's it's been a frustrating year for Al Hamas. Everybody can see he's frustrated. He's frustrated himself. He's frustrated basically, I guess, a little bit in the team and, and frustrated about, about you know, I guess performances that aren't, that aren't quite working, working out and, and the lack of goals that he's had. But, you know... Arguably, you could say the Man City that, that maybe Wolves would have hung on for a point there potentially, if, if they're not down to 10 men. Arguably, you can say that Wolves probably would have won that game if it was 11 versus 11. And then you've got two games that he's missing as well. I mean, it's really it's, 
it's not great, is it? It's mm. not great. And you've got to look at it, and I'm sure Wolves will look at it at the end of the season, because whether it's Fabio Silva who will get a chance now, whether Wolves will go back to playing the three up front in a, in a you know, a Huang Pedence and, and Trincao, which, to be honest, I don't really want to see. I think you probably have to give, um, you know, give Fabio a chance. I know Neto's going to come back into the into the mix as well, but I think they'll look better with a bit of a striker. It's, it's, when you're looking and pushing for Europe, these are the things that are probably going to cost you in the end. It's the fine margins, isn't it? It's a mm. bit of a cliche, but it is. And you're right on Rowley. He's been a bit heated at times this season, hasn't he? Uh, with, with frustration and um, coming back from, from injury, he did. You, I, can, I can understand it, but it has cost walls at times. The, the City one, was, as you, as you say, was idiotic. He let he let Wolves down. Now, ironically, Wolves actually defended really well that day and should have had a point had it not been for once again another horrendous refereeing decision and VAR decision not to overturn it in giving the penalty uh, against Jan Moutinho, which was widely panned by everyone in the game and everyone who watched it. So, God knows why the the officials at the time thought it was the right decision. But um, but yeah, I can see an argument to say that you know had he been on the pitch, Wolves would have. Wolves would have got something, albeit it was actually a refereeing decision that, that got no points in the end. Um, and then you look at the Leeds game, and I felt the same as you. Not, not that I felt he would get sent off, but I felt he was he was playing on the edge a little bit. Um, and there's players that play on the edge regularly and do it well. Raul has slipped over the edge a couple of times this season, and although mm. I do think the second yellow card was a, a terrible mistake and, and not yes. a yellow card... Um, but was he, he almost fully put himself in the position? Mm. Yeah, I think he has, he has to take a little bit of responsibility for putting himself in the position, really, for it to happen. Um, but then, in terms of you know, again, the yellow card, of course, was the, was the referee's decision. Um, then you know, he was almost. They, you talk about double punishment in terms of the uh, you know decisions with uh, penalties and red cards these days, and the rule change that came in a few years ago uh, with intent and and and, and etc. But. Rao was almost triple punished. You know, he was mm. sent off in the game. VR couldn't check it, and then they couldn't appeal it. So yeah. it was, it, you know, it just felt very unfair to me. But then equally, we can talk about all this all day long, and the refereeing decision was that catalyst for what happened. Yeah, but Wolves' defending was atrocious. Oh my, absolutely goodness. atrocious. What's and going on there? I don't, I, I don't think there's any excuse for that. I don't think you can even you, you can use the. I know the it was a catalyst for the change in the game, and it and it, it was a made it was a big moment. Of course, it was. But Wolves two 0 up, Liam, with ten men. Yeah. I mean, and they there's did a lot it at of City this season where they were they were ten down to ten men, and they looked like they were going to get a point. They deserved, they deserved a point at least. They should have been able to see that game out. Yeah, and they haven't. And look, they've. They've done this before, where they haven't seen they haven't seen games out, and ultimately it probably is going to cost them. And and look, you know, just just be smart. You you against a lead side who is struggling. You're two 0 up. Okay, you've lost a man, but at the same time, just there's 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 quite a few teams who have defended lead one nil leads this season with ten men. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a lot a lot to ask, but to lose the game against a side as you know, as poor as Leeds, let's be honest, this season, they have been poor. And I think they played well on the night. I, I do agree. And look, at the start of the game, they could have been tuning it up quite easily early on. I mean, Wolves, perennial slow starters, have seen that happen many times and they were lucky not to be 2-0 down. And then they go back and they, they get the 2-0 up and it's quite, Wolves have done that quite a few quite a few times this season, haven't they? Where they've gone and and uh, they've had a couple of warning, they've had a couple of warning signs, and then uh, and then they've gone on to score and they've, and they've won the game. But yeah, this was a, this was criminal to lose the game. Oh my word! 
it was there were, there were so many individual mistakes. You know, Aitnori missing the header for the first goal. Saar, you know, I don't know what I don't know what was going on. He was going walkabouts for that second goal. The decisive mistake again in that second goal, slicing the, uh, the clearance. Bolly, I think, made a mistake in winning that initial header for the winner, and then standing off the ball and and, and the player and allowing Ailing to come in from from behind him. Um, that, that, I think all three goals you can point to individual mistakes, but then overall, you know, Wolves didn't have a didn't have a focal point. I felt that Fabio Silva should have come on earlier because they were playing Trincao and and Pedence in a top two, a front two, but they were still playing it out wide and as if there was Raul still alongside them. Um, mm. So there was no focal point. There was no one to hold the ball up. There was no outlet. And then, because of that, Wolves were just giving the ball back to Leeds consistently and inviting pressure. And then once the the pressure was coming, they they wilted under it. Unfortunately, too many of the um, the players who have defended very well this season became hurried, rushed, panicked, uh, and sliced at passes, clearances, and 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 to be fair, you know Leeds aren't a great team, but. From that second half, they they deserve to come back into it because Wolves were all over the place. Has this ended European chances this season, Liam? Is are you going to look back at this game and think this was this was make or break, or are they still in the mix? I mean, you look at the table and it still looks, you know, you still think that they're in it, but you're so frustrated because if they had won that game, they're back into seventh, they're ahead of West Ham, they were still in the Europa League, and you think. What a chance missed, especially after after getting back after those two poor results in London to to win back to back games and hopefully winning a third with those two games to come. You know, you win that game. All the hindsight now, of course, you win that game. Raul doesn't get sent off. You you're absolutely buzzing going into an international break with two winnable games to come, and you're right in the mix. And yet it's almost like everyone's pretty down, to be honest. Um, Seems it seems almost like a, a turning point in the season, and I hope that's not the case. But with that, with the injury to Neves, with Raul sending off, with the defeat—I mean, literally clutching defeat from the jaws of victory—with the table, everything seems to be to be pretty down and negative at this moment in time. Which is such a shame after they'd they'd recovered so well after after, like I say, those back-to-back defeats. Yeah, I think I fear rather that we're going to look back on this Leeds game as the big turning point. But right now, sitting here with eight games to go, Wolves are still in a very good position. Mm. Um, what does concern me is the 10 points clear of Villa. Villa have a game in hand as well. If Villa win on the 2nd of April and then win their game in hand, yes, you know, there's, a, there's, there's, there's certainly narrowing the gap there. But yeah, Wolves are... Played 30, West Ham have also played 30. Mm. Uh, Wolves are 8th, West Ham are 7th. There's two mm-hmm. points between them. United and Spurs have both played 29s. So they've got a game in hand uh, on both West Ham and Wolves. But United are, are four points above Wolves. Spurs are 5th. Both of those teams... Now, I know Spurs have come into a bit of form recently, but both those teams are, are very capable of dropping points. They are, but I've looked, I've looked at... Um... I've looked at um, Spurs' running, and Spurs' running is so easy, mate. I'm, not, I'm kind of disregarding Spurs, to be honest. I think, yeah, for me, I, I, that was really a side point, because for me, I think you have to look at 7th and West Ham now as probably um, what can be achieved. And it certainly can be. There's two points. They're on the same games. And with eight games to go, there's plenty of football. So it's not down and out. Wolves are not done. Neves... 
being missed is a massive miss, losing him to injury. Jimenez for these next two games is a big miss. But Wolves have dragged results out in difficult circumstances before, so I wouldn't I wouldn't write them off. What uh, what would you like to see happen with um, with the Raul situation now? Two games. Would you like to see Fabio Silva get a chance, or do you think that can be three out of let's say Pedro Neto's returning soon? You know, three out of these these front four, so to speak, that will mix and match to to make um, you know to make a front three or maybe a front two. I don't think my I think my answer would be the same um, regardless of the Palace game. But it even reinforces that my my feeling really. Playing Huang, Trincao, Pedenza for the three did not work at all. I already felt that that wouldn't work anyway, but it reinforced it for me. And every day of the week, Fabio Silva starts both those games for me. Yeah, uh, I think he needs someone who's, and I think he's got much better at this as well. Let's, you know, away at West Ham, Wolves are very poor, but he was one of the better players that day. How the ball looked very nicely against big big physical defenders brought others into play. He, I think he's improving his physicality, his strength, which he needs to do, really, considering uh, the, the style of, of football uh, in the Premier League and, and the style of the opposition, really. Um, and I think he's getting much better at that. And, and he came off the bench in, in previous games and has done that very well, too. So, um, for me, he starts every every day of the week, he starts those two games. Without and I think he's played at Newcastle as well, hasn't he? From, if memory serves me correct, I think he has led the line at St. James's Park and did pretty well. Uh, so he won't he won't be it won't be a new ground for him so to speak. Um, I'm pretty sure he's done that. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's a great chance for him again. And we talk about a redemption of Trincao. It's a redemption of Fabio Silva here. If he can if he can end the season and, and, and grab a couple of goals and look, Raúl Jiménez is not in great form. If, if if Fabio Silva comes in and scores in a in a in a in a derby and in a victory, and then goes to Newcastle and has a good performance. Raúl Jiménez will be back on the outside looking in again. I, I promise you that because I think Bruno is one of those players that one of those managers. Sorry, that if you have if you've really worked hard and you've done the business, and it's not as if you know Raúl Jiménez is going to be knocking on the door because he's your he's your he's your, he's your best goal scorer in the side and he's absolutely dominating games. I think Fabio Silva might get a run here. And I think rightly so as well. If if he comes in and does the business, there's no reason why he shouldn't he should be dropped really. Um, and he's done well off the bench in, in a few games recently. I think if my memory serves me right, I think it was um, the Watford game, uh, and and I, I felt that he, he came on and within maybe five, six, seven minutes, a very mm. limited time, he created a couple of good chances, could have scored. How the ball up, as I say, brought others, in, others into play, linked up nicely on the on the right hand side when he was uh, coming from a central position originally. I felt that he added something. Um, he's still young. It's not going to happen for him every game. But he, I think he's shown in spells this season when he has had limited opportunities that he's improving. Um, he needs a goal and he needs to start. I know he started at West Ham fairly recently, but he needs to start. And I think, I think he will against Villa. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Ruben Neves, what a devastating injury, Liam. Absolutely gutting and... We kind of talked and talked and talked and talked about uh, their depth in midfield or lack of depth in midfield and that this was always the the worry and they've lost their talisman, unfortunately, for quite a long period of time. And, I mean, you know, of everything, the result and and, and the, the Jimenez injury, oh, sorry, the Jimenez uh, red card and everything, this was probably the worst part of the day. And it wasn't even close. I mean, to lose him now with an MCL sprain is, is gutting for him and, and gutting for Wolves. 
Definitely, uh, he's been unbelievable this season, hasn't he? he? He's run the show for Wolves on plenty of occasions. He's my player of the season, I think. I think he, yeah, I think he is for me as well. Uh, particularly when you look at Kilman's probably slight dip, and of course, Bolly's been coming in for him recently. Saar would run him close, just mm-hmm. I know he made a mistake against Leeds, but they, those have been few and far between. But I think I, I think I'd have to agree with you. Um, Neves has been has been wonderful. Um, he's run the show, as I say, and. You know, you know, it's obviously disappointing to lose him, but you know me, I always look on the bright side of life. You so, do, key now. <laughs> so, with it being a knee, there's always worries of the dreaded ACL. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think it would be that because he he came off and, and came back on again. I know the doctors forced him off; he wanted to play on, so I, I didn't expect it to be that. Um, I think it'd be fairly obvious, obvious you'd have to come off straight away. Um, but there's always a worry when it's a knee injury that's that and it's not, which is fortunate. May seems like a long time ago, but it's the 25th of March now. So, you know, it's only just over a month if he comes back at the beginning of May, which is a big if, of course. And then another thing which people may not have picked up on, because the Man City game has been uh, postponed because of their FA Cup exploits, um, and I believe because of their uh, their European uh, the Champions League run as well, I believe that that is most likely, it's not been confirmed yet, but it's most likely to be rearranged in May. Yes. So, if Neves, and again, it's a big if, but if he comes back, and all, all we've been told so far is May, but if he comes back at the beginning of May, of the eight games that we've got remaining, he'll actually only miss four of them, which sounds a lot better than him being out till May, when you when you phrase it like that. Now, of yes. course, it, it's yeah. a big if, because Wolves play Chelsea on the 7th of May. Um, he may not come back until, let's say, hypothetically, the 16th of May. If that's the case, the 15th of May, Wolves play Norwich. The 16th of Monday, by then they've only got one game left, unless the City game is in that week in between. But I think it's probably likely to be earlier. Mm. So, again, big ifs. But if he comes back early doors in May, he's only going to miss half of the remaining games, which would actually be a pretty good return for Wolves. Um, And if you can get him back on the bench for maybe the first one, the Chelsea one perhaps, and then bring him back in from the start for the other three, I think... Wolves and, and Wolves fans will be happy with that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, that's definitely the positive take and, and let's hope that that's the one that, that that happens. I guess the negative point of view, Liam, is that you could say, well, he um, if if Wolves have uh, are not in Europe, if, they're, if the European races run, uh, why would you risk him before the end of the season um, to play in maybe a couple of meaningless games if, if you're running the risk of, of a... You know, of an injury or a more severe injury going into the summer, so uh, it's um, it's an interesting debate. It's a bad timing of the injury, and like I say, he's he's been playing some sensational football, especially over the last couple of months. And uh, Ruben Neves is the type of type of player who will people will pay their ticket to go and watch. So to have him not available, no disrespect to Leander Dendonka, um, it makes Wolves a, a definite. Not soft touches by any means, but a, a definitely a different proposition for any kind of op- opposition. If they see Ruben Neves on the team sheet, it's um, you know you know you're in for a tough game and you've got to be on the ball. So it's it is a shame, big shame, I think. And let's see, let's see what these guys are made of, Liam. Let's see what they can do. Let's see. I guess it'll be Jean Moutinho and, and Dendonka going forward with with some Kundal as well. You'd imagine so. Probably means mm. more minutes for Kundal, whether off the bench or perhaps a start before the end of the season. Um, which again is another small glimmer of hope that we can cling on to to say that you know it's good to see him get more minutes. But um, you know, simply put, 
Wolves are weaker without Ruben Neves. That's just a fact. Right. It's uh, 44 minutes into the podcast and uh, I've just clicked onto the Express and Style website for the first time in, um, in, in over two weeks. And I haven't really. That's, I'm, I'm lying. I'm just, uh, but there is, leading the site, Liam Keane, exclusive Wolves technical director Scott Sellers on Fos and Funds and the Future. I believe that Mr Keane, you had a sit down with the one and only Scott Sellers. So you can tell us a bit about it, please. I did. I did indeed. Um, and, and it was very good. It, it really was. Um, it was a, an opportunity for me, uh, the first opportunity for me to, to interview um, one of the the leading members of the Wolves hierarchy. Um, been fortunate enough to, to meet some of them throughout the last few months, but to actually have a sit down and, and, uh, and chat with one of them is good. Uh, I think the, just on, on a very sort of basic and, and obvious point, really, having this kind of communication is, is important uh, and hopefully I'll be able to bring more of that uh, going forward as well because I think regardless of whether fans like what they hear sometimes and it's not always going to be the case um, you have to have some sort of communication uh, and, that, and that's important so at yeah, the top level absolutely definitely definitely um, and, and Wolves have um, I've done that sporadically and hopefully uh, it can become a more sort of regular thing as well so uh, this this piece that's on there at the moment, I think it's about seventeen hundred words off the top of my head. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a long old piece, um, and it's more of a sort of feature really in the in the way I've put mm. it together. But I suppose the the best way to sum it up would be it it really is a, a look through as as to what the, the job of a technical director is, um, mixed in with some chat about the academy and 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 how they work on transfers etc. Um, I think for the most part. I th- read, read in context, it's fairly good news, I, th- I think, for Wolves fans. Um, if you read through the context, read through uh, exactly what is being said about how they have a strategy and a philosophy in place. We, we already knew that, but to hear him talking about it openly is, is um, I think, uh, refreshing, to be honest. Um, there's a couple, I think, points to, to pick up on, um, namely the, the sort of transfer committee, um, is the way yeah, I describe it. Yeah, this has become it. like a bit of a uh, bit of news to people, I guess, that the wolves, the wolves do do go by committee. I think they've done that for some time, though, haven't they, Liam? Yeah, maybe I, it's I, the first time it's come out in the open. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it is. I'm I'm, I'm sure that was people were were aware of that under. Um, I, I believe there was a, a similar structure with Nuno, although he's a very different character to Bruno. Um, yes, but I, uh, I I'm I'm certain that that this was. Was okay. brought up uh, much earlier, but I think there's there's one sort of standout quote um, from Scott that I think fans are getting sort of hung up on, which I'll just quickly read. Um, please, please go ahead. He says, "I don't want to sign players that he, meaning Bruno, doesn't want, and I don't ever want to sign players that he wants and I don't want. It's very much a team decision." Right. Um, so I think some of the the criticism from Wolves fans there is to say, "Well, you know, Bruno is the manager. He he plays." Um, the team he chooses the team he should be choosing what players etc etc why is I, I suppose accusing Scott of, of running the club and uh, etc so um, I think some of it I can understand some of the concerns when rightly so a football manager should have a big say in football decisions because he's ultimately the one that will get sacked if, if something goes wrong sure. he's ultimately yeah. the one that makes the, the big decisions on the pitch um, but I think some of the criticism is a little bit a little bit unfair. Um, it's been 
I think you have to understand the way modern football works these days. Uh, this is a, a, a modern structure and approach that Wolves have, and it's one that every top club has. There was, I don't think you can name one top club where the manager is the only person who has a say in signings. It's just not a reality. There's, there's a reason why managers, most of them these days are called head coaches, not managers. And there is a small distinct difference in the uh, in in the roles and it mainly comes down to recruitment as far as okay. I understand it mm-hmm. um, I think the model has worked so far for Wolves they, they're very clear in what they want they often bring in young players that have both room to grow as a player and room to grow as a you know monetary value doesn't mean they're always sold but there is there is a, a two-pronged attack there so to speak um, and you also have to think that Wolves as a business, and that's what football is. It's a business, and I think sometimes the emotion um, that fans feel, rightly so, because it's their club and they have ownership over it, and they should do. Um, but that emotion clouds the judgment sometimes that football, whether you like it or not, is a business, um, and businesses need structure. That needs to come from the top down. They need to know. Everyone needs to know what their jobs are and what they're doing, and what I, I, what is the biggest turnover in a football club in terms of staff it's often the manager now clubs like Wolves I think have done it fairly well I say have done it fairly well they had, they did do it fairly well with, with Nuno before that of course managers came and went fairly often but for one example Nuno he stayed for four years um, other clubs eight, every 18 months every six months you look at Watford they've had three managers this season you know Wolves have to have that structure in place behind the scenes because if they have one manager calling all the shots with players and transfers and then he leaves whether it's a sacking or whether it's god forbid a personal issue or something mm-hmm. and the manager has to leave wolves are left with a with a team and a structure and a philosophy that isn't theirs and they don't know what to do with and the next manager coming in is going to suffer for that so i think you have to understand that there has to be a, not only a business structure but a football structure behind the scenes of a way wolves want to play a way wolves want to uh, do business, bring players in, sell players on. That has to run through the club, and it does through the academy and through the, the women's team, of course, as well. And that has to be there, regardless of whether the manager's there or not. Um, and also, I, I apologise, I'm rambling a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people have focused only on the second part of that sentence, which is Scott Seller saying, "I don't ever want to sign players that he wants and I don't want." Mm. But you have to think, think about the. You know the first part of that sentence, which is right there in front of you, that says, "I don't want to sign players that Bruno doesn't want." Yeah, that it, it goes both ways. Wolves are not bringing players in, regardless of what of what Bruno says. They come to a collective decision. They're not going to turn around and say, "We've got Joe Bloggs over here. We're going to bring him in for twenty million. He's a, a right back." And Bruno says, "Well, I've got two right wing backs. I don't need him." Or he's a right winger. I, I don't like the profile of the player which is the way Bruno likes to describe it I don't like what he brings he doesn't suit my team and Wolves aren't just going to go then and bring him in there has to be a discussion there um, and one side whether it's Bruno's or the other side they may compromise they may make, they may come to a decision and you have to remember as well it, it's been well documented that Bruno in, in uh, particularly in the summer transfer window um, plenty of names were put to him from the scouting department through the hierarchy to say look could you potentially be interested in this player and Bruno turned them down. He said, no, I don't want that player. And Wolves didn't sign that player. So he's not having players forced upon him, but he's also not having 
the total control and the 100% final decision on everything it has it's to difficult... work together and it, it, it's, it's a very difficult balance to have and I can understand mm. where concerns come from but I just wanted to explain that because I think it gets a little bit lost in the emotion yeah and, and fair play for, for Scott for doing it as well it's, I agree, um, yeah. it's um, you know you very rarely have this amount and look you, you'll be there'll, be there'll be some more stories coming out I think Liam over over the next week or so he did, really did go into depth with you and, and spent a lot of time I think about about everything and I think sometimes that's important you've got to give him credit now I know a lot of people give Scott Sellers a little bit of stick because it's maybe sometimes an easy target and the fact that he got promoted so quickly to where he is now but at the end of the day he's a, a football guy who knows who knows the business inside out if, if Wolves had won that game, and I know it sounds silly, but if Wolves had won and beaten Leeds and Ruben Neves hadn't got injured, then I think maybe people might not be um, so so quick to kind of jump on jump on the back to some of some of this interview because Wolves would be seventh and they'd be looking good for a potential European place. Uh, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult and it's just timing. I think of everything. Uh, but Ruben Neves is injured, Liam, and then of course people are going to go straight back to well, look, this the midfield was the was absolutely one hundred percent where they should have strengthened in the summer. Didn't quite happen. Midfield was where they wanted to strengthen in January. Didn't quite happen. But they've kept on going with Neves and Moutinho, Neves and Moutinho, Neves and Moutinho and Dendonka, and luckily enough they've all stayed fit until now. And so there's obviously a frustration there with recruitment um, leading into this, isn't there? Yeah, certainly. I, I can share those frustrations as well. Me and you have spent hours on this podcast and in videos after games talking about the size of the squad this season. And we, I think we both agree that Wolves needed to sign a midfielder. Um, I can understand the arguments that they say, well, you know, Luke Kunder wouldn't have got that opportunity. And, and in fact, there is... Um, Scott Seller speaks at length about Kundal in my in my Peters out right now. Um, about, you know, had I signed a 28-year-old midfielder, Kundal wouldn't have played and got his opportunity at Spurs. Um I can understand the argument, but I, I still, for me, in terms of depth and quality in depth, I've that felt that Wolves needed a midfielder, and it's just bad luck, of course, um, that that Ruben's been injured, um, and sometimes you can't account for that. But it's going to get thrown back in your face by by fans, understandably so, when, when you haven't signed one. So, um, again, the the recruitment and um, I suppose the the amount of money spent, I think fans have been unhappy with the, the lack of signings, particularly in, in January and and maybe the, you know towards the end of, of the summer when they went for your likes of Sven Botman and Renato Sanchez and, and didn't quite bring them in. Um, Wolves have a structure, as I say, they have a way of working in in terms of the self uh, being self sustaining and, and and generating revenue to to spend on the on the team. And they're not going to move away from that, whether whether people like it or not. I think an important quote to read out here um, from from Scott is to say, over time we have developed a shared philosophy that is right for Wolves and will not risk the club's future by veering away from that model in pursuit of short-term games at the expense of long-term stability. So mm. a big part of the, of the early uh, parts of this feature that I did um, is about that battle between short-term success and long-term st- stability, and and Wolves want to be ambitious and go places. They want to, you know, improve and, and move up the league. But they're not going to go out and spend two, three hundred million in in the summer and potentially, you know, jeopardise the club moving forward. Whether you like it or not, it's just the way that they're yeah. going to they're <clears> going to run the business. And I think history tells us that so far it has worked. 
there's an argument to say that you know are Wolves really going to be able to push on um, without a bit more um, spending or investment? There's that, certainly that argument there to have. But I think right now you have to to look at the the climate following COVID and. And, and there's plenty of examples out there of teams, you know, look at Everton have spent, what I think the figure was 500 million in the last few years, something along those lines. And, and they're absolutely dreadful. So um, it, it's, a, it's a very calculated approach. It's, it's, it's one that fans aren't going to be happy with all the time. But I think you're right. Had Wolves beaten Leeds, it wouldn't quite be going down the way it is at the moment. And I think, I think... Um, you have to just trust the process for the time being. Uh, if Wolves go through the summer with very little turnover in players, I, I think I would share the, the same concerns. There has to be at least you know, two or three first 11 signings for me, I think. It's um, difficult. It's difficult, yeah. Liam, because you know I can understand it. And I think it was, was, was one of the quotes saying, you know, I'm not going to bankrupt the club yes, to move up yeah. two places in the league. Now, I, I get that, and of course you don't want to. You know, the, there's a lot of clubs who have who have gone and spent money in the short term or tried to gain short term success, and if it hasn't worked out, then you know the fall and the fallen off a cliff. And I get that, but at the same time, you know, you know, you've got Jeff Shee at the same time talking uh, talking in an interview with the Chinese media saying, "He's where does he see Wolves in five years' time?" I'd like, I think, as one of the best clubs in the world. Um, now I think that's talking more as a brand than than on the pitch. But at the same time, you've got to have success on the pitch to be to be to be talked about as one of the best clubs in the world. So, you know, you've got on one hand you've got Jeff saying this. On the other hand, you've got Scott Sellers say, "Well, we're not going to move up two positions to bankrupt the club." Where's 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 the middle ground here? What what are they looking to to do? Because we've talked previously on the podcast saying Wolves might not have got a better chance of European football this season with the position they put themselves in. Now, they were probably ahead of the game to where they thought under Bruno and, and with a lack of investment in the squad during the summer. And this was the time to hammer it home. And I think there was a couple of questions who came into me you know, last week saying, oh, well, what do you think now about your ramble, Nathan, You know about, about not strengthening in the summer because or not strengthening in January because look where we are now. Well, this is the situation now where you think could one or two extra additions, I'm not saying bankrupting the club, have, have, have kept Wolves right in this European race to, to, to make this club a perennial European contender, to make the best players in this club stay longer, i.e. You know, Ruben Neves, etc. Are these the reasons why Wolves are falling slightly short at this moment in time? And you've got the chairman saying one thing, you've got your technical director probably saying the same thing, but in a different way. I can understand why some of the fans are venting and are frustrate, frustrated and, and are slightly confused. Yeah, and, and I can understand it. The, the reality is that um, Wolves, they, they just will not go out and spend 150, 200 million um, net, at least, uh, on, on on bringing new players in. You know, Let's say, hypothetically, Ruben Neves goes for 60, 70 million in the summer. That gives Wolves more of a, of a license to, to spend. I suspect they'll spend more this summer than they did, they did last summer for various financial and uh, FFP reasons. Now they're, they're beyond that that hurdle, um, but you know they're not going to bring in six, seven first team or, or first eleven players. Um, they they prefer a smaller squad. They like to bring young players through. They like to bring in some young talent. You, you know your likes of Jota, Neves. Who I know would play Champions League football, but were nowhere near the types of players they are now. Um, when they first signed for Wolves, nothing Neto, sorry, uh, Jota Neves, and then Neto, of course, I think is another example. Bringing those kind of players in, making them better, 
in Jota's in Jota's case, they they were sold on for for a healthy profit. In the other two, they're they're much better players than they are now, and of course they may leave Wolves at sometime in the future. But for now, they're Wolves players. Um, that's the that's the model. Um, you, Wolves, you, you know, it's very rare Wolves are going to bring in I don't know a thirty year old player for twenty five, thirty, forty million. They'll bring a player in who's twenty one, twenty two. They bring the Chiquinho, um, and and they chip away at the squad. Uh, it's not going to be it's not going to be an overhaul. And it comes down to the system again as well. Wolves are, let's say hypothetically, Wolves brought in Bruno in the summer and he decided right, I'm playing four four two. I'm not veering away from that, and we're going to have to change the recruitment accordingly. Wolves probably would have lost two, three, four, maybe five of their first 11 players mm-hmm. who don't quite suit the other system or at least suit that system better. And they, they'd have had a big turnover in players um, in the summer. And it's just not the just not the way they, they do it. They're going to have this structure and philosophy that they, they're running through uh, through the club. They think, it's, they, well, so far it's brought them success. They think it's going to bring them even more success and they're going to carry on doing it whether, whether fans like it or not. Um, and I think you have to just take a take stock really of, of and just remember that football is a business um, it's it's not the most romantic way of, of describing it but it's it's reality that um, there's plenty of examples of clubs who've thrown money at it and have gone into the, the dark depths of the football league and gone into administration and etc I know it's dramatic to say that but Wolves are in, uh, any club's at danger of, of doing that uh, if they spend um willy-nilly if they just throw money around and the Wolves, Wolves won't do that it's just not the way they work they're going to be self-sustaining they're going to make their own money to spend on the team and um, and, and try and go places from there Right thank you Liam um, look, we're, going to be, we're going to be hearing a lot more from Scott Sellers in the future I'm sure in the next couple of podcasts but you know I think I think look at end of the day it's, it's great that you got to sit down with him and, and there's plenty more to come on that front exclusive to the podcast Liam you've got something to say on a certain player uh, a midfield maestro, uh, the the star of this side, uh, and obviously currently injured, Mr. Ruben Neves. You did discuss him at length. What's the what's some of the news to come out of of that chat? Yes. So um, today being uh, Friday the twenty fifth of March. For anyone, Friday the twenty fifth of March. Correct. For any for anyone who may be listening at a later date or, or whatever, um, this in writing will be out uh, on the website uh, a bit later uh, this evening uh, again it's Friday it's the 25th of March preview I like it I like it <laughs> a little bit of a so, exclusive <laughs> yes so uh, but I'll, I'll discuss it here now with you so um, yes spoke to, to Scott about about Ruben of course he's one of the the biggest um, names really and talking points with Wolves he's on two, by the summer he'll have two years left on his um, on his contracts you don't want it to Give us memories of, of Adama Traore, uh, of course, who had two years left in in the summer uh, last year, uh, and of course we, we all know where that happened, what happened with him. So, um, as it stands, Wolves are in talks with Ruben Neves uh, over a new contract. Boom, boom. Um, they of course want to keep him. He is a massive player for them, and and they want to they want to time down to a new deal, and and those talks are happening and. Wolves are in a, a good position um, in the sense that they've had a good season so far. He loves playing for Wolves. He loves being at the club. Doesn't mean that Wolves are going to hold on to him. Um, 
but I think Wolves are in a fairly good position with him, uh, better than Torre, and that's just that's coming from me, not from not from Scott. That's my uh, my personal opinion. But with um, with the good news, always comes a bit of a caveat sometimes. Um, in the and I think this is fairly obvious anyway, but Scott spoke fairly openly um, about the situation and, and also admitted that you know there's going to be interest in Ruben this summer from top clubs across Europe. I think we you can you can name probably ten clubs off the top of your head that I think I personally think that he would fit quite nicely into. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at some of the quotes and analysing really what what Scott said, um, they're very pleased with how he's playing. Um, they they feel that you know him and and the and the staff and Bruno have really kicked on um, with his development and his and his style this this year after what was a, what was a, a fairly difficult season for him last year. He said, we're obviously talking to him. That's in terms of the contract. We know how much he loves playing for the club. He's settled here, but he's ambitious. Um, and of course he is. You know, he's 25. He's been courted by uh, by big clubs in the past. He's had a wonderful five years. Or, well, this is his fifth, of course, with, with Wolves. Um, and there was always going to come a point where, you know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of interest and, and they're expecting it. You know, they have an open dialogue with him, his representatives. They want to come to the best scenario for, for the club and for the player but and this is a quote now rightly so elite clubs all over Europe will have Ruben on their radar but we have an excellent relationship with him and we'll do things properly and collaboratively when the time is right uh, it also goes on to say that Ruben regardless of the talk about his future and, and other clubs has, has always been fully committed to the project as, uh, as Scott phrases it um, he's always been fully committed to Wolves and, and they don't see that changing regardless of whether he stays or not up until the, the moment he does leave um, when that day does come. So, um, yeah, the, the headline really is that Wolves are in talks with him over a new deal. They want to keep hold of him, which, of course, is, is obvious. Uh, he's, he's a wonderful player. But they're almost bracing themselves, I think it's probably fair to say, um, for, for plenty of interest in him. In him. And as the, the contracts hmm. wind down, uh, or the years wind down, of course, as I say, he's two years left, um, that's becomes more difficult to hold on to a player doesn't it um just one final point on this and this yeah. is this is coming from me uh, and my personal opinion uh, you know having worked in football and, and dealt with contracts that um a lot of the time contracts are, and the length of them aren't quite as important as as fans feel or fans think um a player can be signed to a five-year contract but if a, if a club comes in and it puts the the, the owner the, the you know the club who he, who he plays for in a a better position but if a Man City comes in and offers the right money or money they can't turn down the right valuation and the player wants to go um, it doesn't matter if he's got five years or if he's got six months left in his contract uh, that player will potentially go so um, I think it's important just to, to keep track of that um, and keep stock of that but the, the good news is that Wolves are in talks with Ruben Evers over a new deal yeah, so the contract's there, and I'm sure there'll be a bit of toing and throwing, and, and you can understand that. Look, he's he's absolutely integral to this side, and you can understand it from his point of view. He's 25 years old, like you said, Liam. He's gonna this this next contract he signs, and yes, the contract length may be not so significant as what it used to be. However, if Ruben never signs a four or five year deal with Wolves or three year three year extension, I don't think for any second that he'll be leaving this summer so to speak yes I, I, yeah, one I more t- year. certainly agree with that yeah definitely. so you know you yes you are and at the same time you're you're kind of locking yourself into what what if he does go at some point in the future and says one more year you're getting absolute maximum value on on some kind of a transfer fee 
again, no. uh, yeah, they're two. They're two very. They're very important points um, because, as I say, yeah, it, it leaves the club in a better position financially and potentially, obviously, holding on to a player of his quality. Um, but yeah, as I said, you know, if a, if a team comes in with the the right valuation, whether it's in a year or three years, yeah. that player can still leave, of course. Now, I don't think they'll they'll necessarily, if he hasn't signed one by the end of the season, be desperate to say, "Oh, Ruben Neves is leaving the club." But you can understand with the contract offer on the table, if it does go, I think it's probably more likely to go into the summer or start of the summer. But they will want to to tie him down because that two years left on his deal after this summer, that is the sweet spot, Liam. Whereas if if you think that Ruben Neves is not going to sign a new contract or an extension, I can see him leaving the club uh, because that's where Wolves are still going to get very good value for for a player. Um, and like you say, he's going to be inundated with offers. Scott Sellers knows he's going to be inundated with offers, as do, as does you know Wolves as a, as a football club. And it will come down to the player. It will come down to the, I mean, the relationship he's got with the fans and with the club is is unbelievable. And I think that helps Wolves more than than maybe um, you would imagine. Uh, he loves the city. He's he's built a family here, and he genuinely loves being in Wolverhampton. He loves being the main guy. Now, it will be up to him to say whether he wants to now kick on. We all know Ruben Neves. I mean, he came from Champions League football. He can go back to be playing Champions League football for bigger clubs than Wolves, let's be honest. There will be bigger clubs than Wolves that will be in for him this summer. And it's up to him now. And it's got to be personal as well as professional as well. I think that ties in with it. I wouldn't rule out Ruben Neves signing a new contract. It's great that you've had this kind of exclusive, that the contract's on the table, that they're in discussions, and that and that hopefully something can be done. Um but you've got to you've got to understand from Ruben's point of view as well that at the end of the summer he's got to assess it because this next move for him, if he doesn't, you know, in fact move, is a huge move in his career and probably a career defining one. Um, I hope he signs for Wolves, and I also hope, fingers crossed, that this injury doesn't curtail what we would would love to see. If 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 in fact he he you know he's not with Wolves at the end of the season, I hope we do get to see him in a Wolves shirt again, and. That might play into a situation as well. If you know, if he's not signed yet, you know, does he risk himself for two more games? Because it is a huge, like I say, career-defining move. So he's got to get himself right as well. He's got to look after himself. I hope to God we see him before the end of the season, and let's hope he signs a new contract and we see him a lot longer. But um, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. And uh, appreciate you and appreciate Scott uh, get, uh, getting that kind of information out there. Yes, definitely. No, it was a it, it was a very good conversation and. Um... And as you've already said as well, uh, so this notice piece will be out today. Again, that is Friday, the 25th of March. Um, Friday, the 25th of March. <laughs> uh, that'll be out today. Um, and then sort of early next week, Monday, Tuesday time, I've got a couple other bits coming out. Uh, also, uh, probably tomorrow morning, uh, that's been Saturday, the 26th of March. Um, <laughs> there will be talking calendar this week. I know, I know. There'll be a bit out um, of Scott talking about uh, the women's team. Um, I thought it was a really, really nice bit actually um and how they're sort of working behind the scenes um on giving them equal opportunities obviously they they do their work at the training ground these days as well um and then sort of taking them to the next stage and how they're sort of applying now for the criteria for the championship they've got to win the league and then they've got to do a, a playoff um to get there but they're looking in a, in a great position so um yeah a good piece on that coming out as well we are running over this uh, this podcast keynote, but it doesn't matter, does it? Because it's international break. Does it matter? Doesn't matter, does it? No, matter? of course it doesn't matter. I'm not busy. <laughs> I'm just sat around, mate. Margarita in hand. Oh, out. mate, I did have a couple of margaritas. I must admit, I did. I did enjoy it. Uh, right, should we take some questions from the beautiful people? Let's do it. 
Okay, here we go. Um, we'll race through them, though. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, some good ones this week. What did you think of my... Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about buying some art, Kino. What did you think of the, the picture that I uh, put on Twitter? Did you like it? Was it something that you would maybe look at? In a, in maybe if you're buying a, a new house with the missus and maybe having like a, a talking point piece in the old living room? Yeah, I'm not a... Um, uh, for, for my sins, I'm not really... And this is opposite to, uh, to the missus who... who Feels very differently to me. I'm not really a um, a stickler for art. I don't. I don't I'm, really. I don't I'm, think I'm I can really, really appreciate man. it properly. But I, I, I was a big fan of, of that of that piece. Yeah, no, mate. I, I'm not either. Very, I'm very much not into buying. Up. We have got a couple of nice art pieces, but it's kind of I think things that mean something to you. I think you're happy to pay. I don't really care whether it's a pound or a grand or whatever. You know. So um, it's more about you know if you like it, then it's all subjective into art sort of thing. What would you what would you what would you go for that one, Keena? What would you pay for it if you could uh, if you could be um, be a little bit of a the missus says go on then you can get it. What would you go for? Well, do you reckon? I would say I yeah. would pay uh, between the two of us. Yeah, yeah, between the two of us, no one else is listening. I would no, no, no. I meant no. Between... Yeah, what do you think market value of what you go for it? I meant between me and the missus splitting the cost of it. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would pay 100 quid for that. 100 quid? I ain't paying anymore because I don't I just don't appreciate art as much as other people, unfortunately. Okay. It's, it's a little bit higher than that, I have a guess. Yeah, I, I assumed it would be. I'm going to say it's two grand. Uh, a little bit higher. Okay, this is ridiculous, mate. Five grand. Uh, a little bit higher? No, you actually you are taking the piss now, aren't you? No. I'm, I'm bought it yet. I mean, we're just looking at it. Ten grand. A little bit higher? Honestly, I'm gonna swear in a second. That's absolutely that no is ridiculous. Blue. No barking, I know. The dog's absolutely livid. Keep going. Fifteen grand. A little bit higher. No, I'm done, mate. I'm not. I'm not going any higher. You got to tell me now. It's uh, times it by just under four, and you've got kind of you what? Times well, fifteen yeah, because by four. It's about fifty-four, but. But at the same time, this is a top-class artist, Kino, we're talking about here. This is something that's going to keep on and get going higher and higher in price. Get a get a grip. What the <laughs> fuck are you... You're such a sweet man to swear. I, I, honestly, I had to... What on earth are you... Like, you're, you're taking the piss on you. It's not 54. I'm not. Grand. I'm not, honestly. If you buy I'm that, I'm... I'll buy it for you, Kino, in present. <laughs> you know what? I'm on board now, mate. I'm fully on board. <laughs> oh, that's a great buy. I've changed my tune. What a great buy, mate. Yeah, great investment. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> right, let's take some questions. I enjoyed that. Great stuff. Let's have a look. Um, Northern Wolf, with no with no Raul and no Neves, winning is going to be difficult. Would you be tempted to go to a back four and stick more attacking players on just to give it a go against the Vile? I'm not sure it's anything other than a one or two nil defeat if we just straight swap Fabio and Dendonka. It's a tough one, that. I um, I don't think that... I, I can see the, where the, the, the thought process is, but I don't think um, it makes sense. You know, you have to remember these players have played in this same system, not only this season, but for, you know, four years virtually, or five so uh, I, don't, I just don't see that being viable. If, if you're asking for what my... And I might change my mind in the podcast next week, but right now, I think Bruno plays three in midfield with Kundal, Dendonk and Moutinho, and he plays Fabio and Pedence in, in the front two. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah, that's what no I think. No No, I think Trincao drops to the bench. I think, well, I'd say, well, he was already in the bench, wasn't he, to be fair? But yeah, yeah I, think that's what, I think that's what he goes with. Interesting. Mainly because of Villa's sort of yes. strength in, in midfield, yeah. I think. 
Andy Willis says he says love the, loves the picture. By the way, he says loves the picture. So I've got Andy on the side. Yeah, he doesn't love it when he knows how much it costs. <laughs> and he says again, just one injury shows up the inadequacies, inadequacies of our squad. Giving Jeff's recent comments, do you think we will see significant net investment this summer? Net being, I guess, the the important word there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I think um, it depends on what how you describe significant. I can see there's certainly been more than there was in the summer just gone. Um, but as I, yeah, as I was saying earlier, talking about the seller stuff, you know, I'd be very surprised to see Wolves have a net, uh, again, net being the key word, a net output of 150, 200 million. I just don't think it's realistic. Uh, Gail says, well, we're all missing the next two games. Uh, would you start as his replacement? So you think, he, she thinks Fabio should start, but she doesn't think it, she can see it happening just yet. Yeah, I, I, I think he will, and I think he should start. Um to be perfectly honest, I uh, I think he's earned that with a few sub appearances. His minutes have been limited, mm-hmm. and he has you know he scored in I know it was last season, but he has scored in some derby games in the past, hasn't he? he? Has. So throw him in there, why not? She also says check your emails, Nathan. I'm sorry, girl, I do need to get around to a load of emails. The missus is just it irks me when I've got emails, but I still need to do it. You know when it's got like a load of emails, you get back and you need to go through them all, and you've put them off. I need to uh, I need to sort them out. But the missus has had. She hasn't done it for three years in one of her accounts. To get up, she got up to, I think it was something like thirty-one thousand emails unread. That would, I couldn't deal with it. That little red. Are you one of those people who need to get down to zero, or do you? Yeah, leave I, it? I have to be zero pretty much every day. Yeah, I, I can't do be. it. If you, she's if you she's come... gone and she went through them. Did took her a week to do it. She went through all of them. She's like, oh, there were some important emails in there. I'm like, yes, yeah, yes, there were. That, that's what I'm not surprised. If you convert all of those thirty-one thousand emails into pounds, you you can you'll be about two thirds of the way to buying that picture. <laughs> Every pair delete click. Oh, <laughs> um, Mike Allen. Ultimately, how can we really improve to be a top six team on a long-term basis without a bigger stadium, forty-five to fifty thousand, or any way of significantly upping our revenue? Yeah, it it, it feels like. Um... I can see that argument. It feels to me like that may become a sticking point potentially in the future. Um, but you've got the you know the Fosun Sports uh, umbrella and all of the um, the commercial ventures that that come with that. They're trying to sort of off- offset the uh, the impact of that potentially with you know esports, fashion, etc., etc. Um, the, Is that going to give you that kind of money, though? I mean, I don't know the numbers. Right now, uh, not right now, no, because uh, it, it's it's new. But the, the hope is that that long term it, it it starts to bridge that gap. Um, but I do feel, and, and of course, you have to remember, Jeff. She said, I think it was only a year ago. I think maybe early last summer. Um, he said that uh, the the first team and even the academy is ahead in the pecking order of any Molyneux sort of rebuild or redevelopment or or anything that might come so it's, it's very much on the back burner Ollie says looking at uh, lack of lack of recruitment and poor recruitment that we so desperately needed in the summer and January how many players and what positions do you think we need if we are to make a, make it into a European competition yeah it feels to me um, it's quite an easy answer but it feels to me that the spine of the team is, is and I think we've said this all along really this season um, potentially a centre half although there is an offer on the table for Roman size to stay. Um, potentially, potentially a centre half, a midfielder for quality and depth. 
and obviously it depends on what happens with Matinho as well. And then a striker. Uh, I think those for me are the, are the three key three key areas. How long's Bolly got left on his contract, Liam? Uh, I, off the top of my head, I think it's a year after at the, at the end of this season. But as you'll see, that's an interesting now, one as well, isn't it, for Willy Bolly? Because I I am a big Willy Bolly fan. I always have been. Um, I would want him to to stay at this football club. Um, the injuries have been an issue, and I think you know there's a few issues that, that, that Willie's had. However, for me, if you got to keep one of Sice and Bolly, I would keep Bolly. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a difficult one. What I do think is that, you know, Max Kilman's probably going to come back into this side and would Sice be the person to depart? I mean, there was, there was a mistake the other night. Could you play three of them with mm. Bolly playing as well against Villa? Could you see that happening? Yeah, so just to confirm, yeah, I, I was right. It's the summer of 2023. That's what I thought it was. So, first chance, of, first, first, first time for everything. In the- yeah, that's too right, mate. Too right. Um, Fifty-four grand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, Not yeah, subjective. It's subjective. I don't know. Well, I can, I can see, and I, I didn't feel that up until maybe the last week or two. I can see Bolly uh, and Kilman. Either side of Cody, um, maybe towards the end of the season. Yeah, size I think has dropped off a little bit. Of, of course, the big mistake as you mentioned there uh, against Leeds. Uh, but I think he'll keep his place for the next week or two at, at least. Um, and then he, as I say, they're in talks with a, a deal for him um, with, with his contract being up in the summer. So uh, it's an interesting one with centre back because Bolly is under contract. Obviously, well, is for only for another year whether he stays. Size whether he signs it, and then you've got Dion Sanderson. What happens with him? Is he ready to come back, come in, and, and challenge? You've got Totti Gomez, who has played three games this season. It looks looks pretty handy. Of course, has just had a contract extension for two years, which takes him to twenty twenty seven. Um, Marcel's not going to yeah. be here next season. You wouldn't have thought, would you? I don't think so. No, I'd be. So, surprised. do you think they're going to sign a centre back regardless? Like, let's say, let's say Bruno wants to go to a four next season, and then you've got Bolly, Cody, Kilman, and Saiz. Let's say both let's say signs a new deal. It's four centre backs into two. What do you do? Totti Gomez backing up as a fifth. Do you still need to sign a top quality centre back? And then Dion Sanderson as well. Uh, yeah. Depends on what happens with him. Yeah. Um, I think purely for numbers, if let's say hypothetically they do go into a four at the back, I think they've got probably too many centre backs. And the way Wolves work, the way Bruno works, I don't think they'll they'll sign unless they can sell. Mm-hmm. Um, in that very you know particular uh, situation, but uh, I, I don't think it'll change to a to a four. So I think it's uh, I don't, yeah I don't think that's going to be an argument anyway. But yeah, it becomes um, it becomes a talking point depends on the on the formation. If they say at three, I think you can do with a, a first team a starting eleven player to come in. I think. Okay, good stuff. Uh, let's move on. Here we go. Uh, Greg says, what do you think is the most likely resolution to the Adama Traore situation with Barcelona? And would you consider that a successful Wolves given the circumstances? Uh, we'll use that one. Uh, there's a couple of others. We've kind of used the Neves one. But uh, look, I know there's, a, there's, there's some Traore stuff coming out, I guess, in a little bit, uh, Liam. But um, but what do you think uh, with the with the, like, the most likely resolution is? Yeah, so we're... Um... Yeah, we're going to hear from Scott on on a trial in that situation uh, early next week. I, I can't give you the date just yet, but it'll be uh, early next week. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really tough one. But I, the one thing I do see in is that he won't be a Wolves player. 
Um, he, you know, he'll have one year left come the summer. He didn't sign a deal, didn't want to be there, wanted to move on. I don't see him coming back to play for Wolves. What I could see happening is Barcelona not taking the option and another club signing him. Um, the money you get then, I don't know, with one year left, but I can, yeah, I can see him certainly leaving Wolves. Um, I'm just not convinced Barcelona are going to pay the money and, I'm not, and equally I don't think Wolves are going to want to take Trincao as a swap unless he does something magical between now and the end of the season and um, Barcelona are playing a, playing a bit of games really is, is, how, is my opinion how I see it because financially they're struggling but then you hear reports of them potentially going in for Rafinha at Leeds with 35 million so yeah. it's um, yeah they're they're being very I'll be I'll, I'll use a polite word for them but they're being very shrewd I'll put it that way with them mm. um, Mm. With, with their dealings that's a, that's a nice way of describing it so a question from Jathan Nuda uh, who's coming with a question later on uh, he says it's fine about talking about transfers by committee and talking about Bruno Large and Scott Sellers and Jeff Shee but isn't it just who Jorge Mendes has available at the time and nothing else matters I thought I thought he was called George do people call him Jorge no, I just, I just, it's, <laughs> it's from Jathan, so he doesn't really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, is it just Mende- Is it just Mendes players? Obviously, that's been a big part of of Wolves's transfers over the last five, six years. Of course, that's been a massive part of it. Um, I think really in the last transfer window or two, it's 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 died down a little bit. It's not to say that there's been any change really there, and, and but Wolves will consistently. Um, stand by this message that they, um, if they have a good contact, why won't they use it? But they're not subscribed to only using him. That's what they say. It'd be very interesting in the summer. Be, I think it'd be quite telling in the summer um, where the signings come from uh, and who they are, uh, because I think undoubtedly they'll make signings. It just depends how much, what types of signings, how much is spent, etc. Andy Matthews, who's going to win the US Masters? Justin Thomas is going to win the US Masters. Andy Matthews, if you want to put a bet on him. Um, so look Wolves first uh, just read Liam's article with Scott Sellers it doesn't sound particularly ambitious does it getting a negative summer interview out there as early as this year disappointing I don't think you can argue about negativity Liam I can, I can understand when you, are you, when you were walking out of Compton did you did you go did, were you walking out saying this that was a that was a negative overall um, take from the interview no, it wasn't. Um, I think for me it was a... Uh, they'll use the word diligent. Um, people may may use their own uh, synonyms of that. Um, I think I, I come away with... Wolves are very set in their philosophy in what they want to do and, and that's how they're going to do it. And it means not taking big financial risks. If you ask me what I personally think, um, I think you have to find a balance. But if Wolves take too many risks, either one too many or too many big risks, there won't be a club for the fans to support. Um, and maybe that's me coming from a slightly too too cautious approach, but it's, it's genuinely the way I've always felt about football clubs because growing up, I've seen one too many clubs fall by the wayside for too many reasons um, so uh, that, that's always the, the way I've thought about it you've got to enjoy the highs and lows would I and it is just football at the end of the day which might sound a bit of a, 
a strange statement coming from someone who's <laughs> who is their job to cover it. But um, you know, it, it's a massive part of people's lives. But it's also, but it's a sport, and I think you have to enjoy the highs, enjoy the lows, roll with the punches, and as long as the clubs are there to support, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Yeah. Sorry if there's a bit of interference. I've got the cleaners hoovering upstairs, which isn't ideal, but. Uh, I can't hear them. To be fair, if that oh, might okay. help. I'll yeah, take that. I'll take that. Um, what is the most? Annie Smith. What's the most annoying trait the other you, fi- you you find with each other? Perhaps something subtle that they do, but really annoys you when they do it. Well, this is awkward. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Oh, come on! No, I can't think of anything. Honestly, you're just perfect. I've got a list here. It's just literally a book. It's an essay on you. Essay. Well, I was sat in with the editor yesterday, and he said, um, "You, you've been saying some nice things, mate." Actually. Oh so, no! I don't know why. I don't know why you've been lying on, on the podcast just to appease your uh, your potty friends over here. I was wasted in Dubai one night. He gave us a call, so I, I was just talking. I can't remember what I said, mate. I can't remember what I said. Uh, I mean, to be fair to you, you've done very well this 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 episode because there's been no karate, feng shui, you know, whatever you do, juju, whatever it is, juju, judo stuff. So uh, it's been nice. It's been nice, to mate. To be fair, I've not spoke about it for a few podcasts because... People want to ridicule me. They'll find out on the matter when they get on there, and I oh, take them into deep water and drown them. On the uh, oh, what is it? The knocking? Did you say hit on the knocking? No, I said I said I said dome. Oh, the uh, dome. Yeah, dome. yeah, that's right. The dome. There's no, there's no, there's no strikes in jiu-jitsu though, because I've got my face is too gorgeous. I wouldn't want to ruin it. Oh my god! Comedy as well, Keno. He's just multi-talented. Andrew Thank Hadfield, you. best golfer among the ENS Wolves pod alumni. I get the Wolves pod. Let's have a look. So, well, so I mean, got... can I just be very quick and say it's not me? <laughs> it's not um, you, no. I've got no idea. I'll just give my opinion quickly. I've got no idea what Spears is like with uh, with a golf club, Terrible. but I but I do know that Joe Edwards plays quite a bit. So, I'm yeah, go Joe, Joe does plays quite a bit. I would say probably Joe or me. I would say. Yeah, um, it's definitely Joe. Then I've seen you play. So uh, it's definitely Joe. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll give it to Joe. Joe plays a lot more. To be fair, so. Um, I haven't seen him recently. We'll have to we'll have to catch up with Mr. Joe Edwards actually soon. See how see how the young lad is. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Nag says uh, King Wolf. Uh, Wolves win. have got six games to go in the league. Six points clear at the top and two games in hand. Do you think they'll win win the division and make it to the playoff final for promotion? I mean, they're winning the division, aren't they? I mean, they're winning the division. We've got to get. We'll, we'll be going to a game pretty soon. I think Kino as well. We've got that one earmarked, and then and then hopefully the playoff, which. I really hope that, and I'm sure they will. They'll get a fantastic crowd for it, won't they? Oh yeah, I, I hope Massive so. Massive crowd. Yeah, they really should so. do. And they, and again for that uh, piece that's coming out with with sellers, that, that was mm. you know, part of it, saying you know the, he thinks the support's been great, but he wants to see more fans getting down there and, and supporting them because they are. I think Dan McNamara's doing a great job there. Mm. Um, I can see him, as you say, winning the league fairly comfortably. I think they're doing a, they're in really good form at the moment, and I just pray they, that they get that. That playoff, when it, it's always worrying when it comes down to a to a playoff game because anything can happen in, in a one-off game of football. But yeah, um, yeah they're, they're in great form at the moment. And I tell you what, it it's probably unfairly harsh to, for for a team to get promoted, isn't it, out of the um, out of those national leagues to get into sure. to get into the championship? It's so difficult, but uh, it'd be a great move. And then Wolves again, that if they get in, they're one step away from uh, WSL. Amazing. Uh, Steve Lester's will kind of answer that about about Neves and and what the situation is there. Whitey says Oasis or Blur. Hashtag nineties throwback. Oh, that's easy. I'm assuming you're uh, you're Blur as well. 
No, I'm Oasis, probably. No, I was joking about Oasis. <laughs> I'm, I'm Oasis. However, I was close to Blur just no because choice. of the song they sing um, at Middlesbrough when we score. Oh, that's, that's uh, song two, isn't it? Yeah, song two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Song that's, two the always... only, that's the only Blur song I know, genuinely. I don't, I've don't. i never been into Blur. But I've, I've Park Life? Uh, I suppose oh, I do know that one. Oh, the people. Yeah, I do know that, actually. Wait, isn't that, isn't oh, that man. Hey, hey, oh. I don't, I don't know. know. Can you, can you, can you, um, can you associate gorillas with blur? I've got no idea. Probably, probably not. Probably not. Say the dogs. Uh, no, no barking. Stitch. But no barking. I'm, I'm blue. a massive Oasis fan, so that's you are massive. You are massive, as you can say by your hoodie. Um, here we go. Let's have a look. Um, Chris Fisher says, "I feel for the guy, but can you confirm or deny John, Johnny Drury has been banned from Molyneux given his record while in attendance?" Leeds comeback had his work written all over it. Well, we've already we've already revealed the bad news that he's uh, he's there on Saturday. <laughs> he's starting to get actually proper abuse. I find it quite funny actually. I mean, he literally is the voodoo king. Uh, Scrivo says, uh, "With Nevers out for the bulk of what remains of the season, a spot has opened up in the team. Do you see us going three four three with Zhao and Donk?" As a midfield player, do we stick with 3-5-2 and perhaps employ a Trincao as a more advanced midfielder? Perhaps in a number 10 style free roll. Trincao in a free roll. Am yeah, I dreaming? Uh, not going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, I, I've, I've already said what I think the team will be for, for Villa. Um, moving forward, I can see Trincao, I think Dendonka and Martino in midfield and Trincao playing. Um, and, the, and the way Bruno described it previously um, is he's the best winger we've got in terms of playing more like a midfielder. So if you look at Dendonka, the way he plays a part of the midfield three, but then he almost plays wide and slightly more advanced. Trincao's playing a very similar role, but more as an attacking player, whereas Dendonka's playing it more as a midfielder. So they're almost playing the same position in some ways. Um, so I can see that happening, certainly, but I, I, but he will be on the right. I can't see him mm. coming in and playing being a free role in, a, in behind the striker or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I just don't think that'll happen. Nearly finished. Mark Davis, if West Ham finish seventh and win the Europa League, actually, that's quite a few people asking this. If West Ham finish seventh and win the Europa League, does the place go to eighth? I don't believe so. No, because I, I, I believe there's only a maximum of seven that can ever get into European uh, competition. I think it would then, it would change uh it would change whoever's in fourth wouldn't get Champions League, I believe. Mm. And they would drop into the Europa League. Okay, last three, last four questions. Stick or twist on 16? This blackjack term. No Kino's not past uh, you? I, oh, right. Uh, uh, I, uh, I go for it. I twist. It depends what card the dealer's got. Um, if he's got a four or five or a six, then I'm sticking... If not, if it's a three or below, then I'm, I'm taking taking a card. Taking a card. Uh, what else have you got? Stu says, "Who is your favourite heartbeat character, and why is the answer always Greengrass?" Is that before your time, Kino? Heartbeat. I've got no idea what he's on about. Heartbeat. Not a heartbeat. <laughs> no, can't remember that. It's like a it's a Sunday night. Kind of soapy show. No idea. No, really. Parents used to love it. Yeah, Greengrass, great character, I would say, Stu. Although I did have a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, of, a, of a crush on Gina 
old Trisha Penrose, so she had a soft spot to be fair. So I would say I would say probably there. This is, again, Kino's got absolutely no idea. Zach says, fellas, hope you're both well. This is a bit of a fun question for Nathan. As now we haven't got Neves for the next two months and our lack of central midfielders, if you could pick any central midfielder from all your time of being a Borough fan, who would you pick to partner Zhao for the next two months if it was possible? Wow, what a question. I've seen some midfielders, by the way. I mean, it depends what we're looking for. We're looking for a bit more attacking or we're looking for some steel, Kino. Um... I mean, we've got obviously there's a, there's, there's a Wolves connection there and someone who was absolutely brilliant in Mr. Paul Ince. Who was amazing for Borough? I think that's actually, that's actually not a bad shout. That I think that he fits quite nicely. In terms fits of in perfectly. Well. I, I mean, I loved seeing, and, and this is probably someone who would not really defence duties weren't his strong point. But what a player, Emerson! You remember Emerson? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, player. player. To be fair, yeah. I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Well, we'll get Dendonka Moutinho playing as a two, and let's let's bring in Prime in behind the front couple. Prime absolute genius that is Juninho. I was waiting for you to say. Juninho. Oh, let's get Juninho in. Let's get Juninho in. I knew he, I knew he was going to crop up in the conversation. Somewhere. Juninho, oh oh, Juninho, oh oh, ole 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 ole, Juninho, oh oh. He was brilliant that one, eh? He? he was sort of before my time. Oh video. mate, I've I've, oh. I've gone back and seen. Oh, he was sensational. Bits, honestly, it was sensational. More, yeah, I was I was quite young, really. You think Podence was small? My goodness, Juninho was small. A small, amazing little man. Always the one. Always the one. Um, well, so last couple. David Ellerton, which player do you think could take the Wolves team by storm next season? Anyone going to surprise us? Oh, interesting. Um, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna throw a curveball in mm-hmm. and say Totti Gomez. Totti Gomez, I like it, I like it, don't mind that. Last one from, I'm going to leave it to Kev Wolf for the last question in this bumper length episode of the Express of Star Wolves podcast on an international break. Do you think Wolves have overachieved or underachieved or have they basically achieved your expectation under Fosun since they have taken over? Good question, Ooh, that. Good question. I like that question from Kev. Yeah, if it was just this season, I could answer it quite easily, but since Fosun have taken over overall... I think you'd have to say over. I think they're probably ahead of the timeline that they envisaged. They certainly went up quicker than they thought they would. Um, getting two seventh places, a 13th, which isn't great, of course, but then on course for probably top eight at least this season. I'd say, yeah, over. Yeah, I'm going to say over because of the European run, I think. Yeah, I think, I think if they so, hadn't yeah. got into European into Europe, then I would say probably, probably at this stage, I would say... Achieve my expectation, I would say, because I think they would be in the Premier League by now, and, and they've had some good seasons and some some okay seasons. They've obviously, you know, never been close to to relegation. So um, I would say just about. But I think with that European run, I think they're just about over. I think, and next yeah. season's going to be big. Ask yeah. me the same t- same question this time next season. Kevin might have a different answer for you, but uh, good question, pal. Good question. Right, um, that's it, mate. I've got to apologise, everyone, because that is a massively long. What was that? A ninety-eight minute podcast. You love to see it. You love to see it, mate. We're we're here because we love what we do, and a special podcast next week as well. With there, we've got two special guests. I'll um I'll let you know uh, next season with the next season next week with the uh, the lead to the big the big derby. Can they do the double over Villa? Oh, you'd love to see it, wouldn't you? You'd love to see it. 
I mean, if it's anything like the first game, it's going to be a good game. But hopefully yeah. Wolves were better for 80 minutes than they were in that, in that game. They were dreadful at Villa Park for the majority. I know, but you'd love to see them coming back for a 2 0, talking about a 2 0 to a 3 2. Oh my goodness. It would be hilarious. I mean, can Wolves do it twice? Oh. 2-0 down at home to Villa and come back in uh, in front of Molyneux. I don't know what's happening tomorrow, let alone next week with this team anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, but, true. Uh, it's all good. Uh, make sure, uh, Kino, uh, exclusive with Sellers, you've got you've got some stuff coming out at Neves. Hope you've enjoyed the little Neves tidbit, a little bit of a, a mini-exclusive for the podcast this week. And uh, we'll see you all next week. From me, from Kino, have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.